Thank you guys for braving the, the snow. I don't know how many times you guys have gotten stuck. I've seen people getting stuck all day long. Um, yeah, it's always fun. I mean, I went to bed last night, and they said, so expect anywhere from 16 to 24 inches by Friday, not tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I was completely dumbfounded when I stepped outside. I thought, wait a second. It's not Friday. But it all came at once, man, and it's still coming. But thanks for showing up tonight and being here. Um, I'm going to start tonight off a little different because we've never done this, but we're going to watch something up here. So it's about 14 minutes. You may have seen it already if you ever pay attention to the More Life Facebook page, which not many people do, or if you just happen to see the video being circulated. Um, we're going to show this video. It's about 14 minutes long. Just get comfortable and stick with it. And, and I want you to watch it, and what I want you to think is... I don't want you to get caught up in the fact that this guy is commenting about the millennial generation. Don't want you to get caught up about that. I don't want you to get caught up that he's critiquing the millennial generation. What I want you to get lost in is, how is this commentary truthful or even poignant about us as a culture? not a group of people that you could say were born between these two time frames. This is a bigger thing. And so as you sit there and listen to it, um, just think about like what rings true for you, what rings true for people you know, and specifically I want you to think about relationships. Because when I watched this interview, that's what I walked away with and that's what we're gonna talk about tonight is just some human connection and interaction and engagement. But here's the video. You guys ready? It's fun. I like it. So not looking at that as a critique on the millennial generation, but instead sitting there thinking what was in his words that rang true of me or others I know. Like, how did you guys feel while you were watching that video? Anybody? Guilty. Guilty. I felt that one. <laughs> Definitely. Anybody else? Anything else? Were you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, how did you feel? Anybody? Convicted. Convicted. A little bit sad for all of us. A little bit sad for all of us. But it's not our Right. Dealt a bad hand, right? Dealt a bad hand. I like that he actually says that. But I think we're continuing forward in a way that is our fault. <laughs> Even if we were dealt a bad hand. You know, you still get to choose how to play the cards and what to do and when not to bet and when to bet. Got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Uh, <laughs> Did anything stand out as like, you're like, that's so true, that's absolutely dead on, scream that from the rooftops? Anything in particular? The, uh, before a meeting. Before a meeting. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Nobody's talking. <laughs> yeah. I was in a class today from 8.30 to 
and it always starts with good intentions and no one's checking anything. And as the class goes on and on, you see phones pop out around the room. And then he gives us a break, and then everybody checks their phones. That's what you do for like the next 10 minutes. You get a 10 minute break, that's what everybody does, and then everybody comes back to class, you know, and tries to pay attention. But most of the people were multitasking, trying to hold more than they probably should at once. Yeah. There was an artist who took some pictures, and I don't know, I can't remember if they were staged or if they simply like photoshopped the phones out, but it showed like glimpses from ordinary life. And he took the phones out of the picture, so you see this couple laying in bed. They both just have their hands out like this, you know? You see people on the subway, they're all standing like this, just looking at their hands. It was very interesting when you took the phone out of it like what was happening, and it was just kind of an awareness series that this artist did, but it was very interesting. I, uh, when I watched that video, I felt pretty guilty, and I've worked with students for a long time. I'm 38. I'm not supposed to be a part of that millennial generation if you do it by dates that you were born. But I posted this video, and I had Anne's aunt, who is how old? 70. 70 write back to me and say, hey, it's not just the millennials. <laughs> let's look at the baby boomers and let's look at everybody like in between. And then I had a friend write me and he said, hey, I love that video that you posted. Um, it's interesting. He said, at my workplace, I don't really have this problem. I'm, I'm with educators and honestly, we're not on the phones. He said, but you know who does have this problem? My parents, when we go visit them, and my kids are there, and my parents are on their iPads the entire time. He's like, I feel like the parent asking them to put down. So I just feel like it's broader. And I feel like that technology piece reaches all of us. And like, Ann and I watch this, and we're like, oh, but we charge our phones by our bed. Anybody else? Like, OK, see? Yeah, so we all like hear that part. We're like, oh. And of course, Silas will text us and he'll be like, I feel like I'm going to puke, right, from upstairs. This is how we do it. And then, yep, I'm puking, you know, like, and so then we know, or it's like, oh, Lincoln's feeling sick, you better get up here. And so we were like, man, I mean, we kind of need to have them by our beds, don't we? Yeah. And, you, and you forget that, like, at one point. Maybe just shout. Yeah, I know. It's not a big house. That's how it used to happen. Yeah. Get up here. <laughs> but it's so interesting, quickly, the need and, and the feeling that you want to justify, like, how it is and, and, and how it's going and just to continue in that path forward. When I watch this video, I wrote down two things. One of the things I wrote down was our so-called busy lives, when I listened to this video. And the other one I wrote down was, we all have good intentions with zero intentionality. And I have been a part of more and more conversations in recent with people expressing to me and me also echoing right back and responding, yes, I feel it too, a lack of meaningful relationships, reliable relationships. I hear it all the time. I hear it from so many people, and I will throw my arms up too, and I get upset, and I'm on this quest. 
And Ann and I were talking about it earlier today, and she said, and sometimes you just don't even reach out to people because you feel like everybody else does have meaningful relationships, and you're the oddball. Because like he said, we're great at putting filters on things. And you can suddenly look around and just feel like, well, everybody's, everybody's got those. It's just me. I'm having a hard time. But what I bump into a lot is people feel like their relationships aren't consistent. It's like what he said right there, you really do feel like that those friends that you have fun with will drop you or cancel on you at the last minute if something better comes along. You suddenly feel like you might not have people that you can count on. You might feel like you don't have people who know you, who really know you. Because when you go to lunch or when you're at work or when you're seen at the rec center, when you go to school, your conversations don't really go that far. And you find yourselves talking about the same things a lot, and it's nothing that you would say is kind of deep. And so I started this off and I said, our so-called busy lives. I think time is a big one, and I think we fail to schedule in relationships. I think relationships are hard and difficult. I've been trying to arrange some breakfasts with some guys. Hasn't been easy. I've been trying, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to do this, but try and get like more than you and someone else together. Plan that one and see how long it takes you to decide and find a time and then see if, see if everybody shows up and if they don't cancel or if something else doesn't pop up. And so I think sometimes time becomes this interesting thing. We feel like we're so busy and we can't schedule in this thing that we deeply, deeply need which is human interaction and connection. We need something called a meaningful relationship with another human being. And so we, we tend to pass on it. And I know lots of times, and this is what I hate, he said you turn to a device instead. And I can definitely see it in generations below, and I can see it in myself a lot too. I love Coca-Cola. Love it. Um, and every time I say I'm done with it, it comes back around. But like when I have a really hard day, there's something hardwired in me that says, man, a Coca-Cola is going to make it all better. <laughs> it's going to feel good. And I love it. And somehow it kind of does. It's like this little magic pill, you know? And, and lately, <laughs> it's ridiculous, I know. Does it really work, though? Kind of. <laughs> it kind of does. It does it. It's like a temporary fix. Yeah. It, go, it lasts about this long. You're like, ah. <sighs> And then a little bit longer. And then usually until you finish the bottle. And then everything else comes back. But it's just how it goes. But like, we do this in lots of ways. I mean, I think people turn to music. I think people turn to like food. Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate. I think people turn to Netflix. I think they really do. And I think people turn to the devices and social media. And I think what you end up with is less and less that we turn to each other. And I think that's where we're meant to turn. I think that's what our hearts, our interiors, desperately crave and are wanting and ask us to do it. But it gets hard because it's hard to schedule times with people. It's hard to stay consistent. It's hard to find people. It's also hard to risk that vulnerability with people. And it's much easier 
to just simply settle for a temporary fix. It's okay. I mean, I've been in the position where I send out the 10 texts. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. Like, it's not one person. I'm sorry if that was you and you thought you were the random. Like, that was like 10 people. And I was just waiting for something, you know? Like, it's like you're fishing. And who's going to, you know? And I think more of us are in that boat. I think more of us are in that boat. And I talk to people. something that you can instantly get. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much faster and quicker, and it feels like right now in the moment, but it doesn't last near as long. And what you find yourself is like down a road, and you feel exactly what he expressed. I don't have any meaningful connections. I don't have any meaningful relationships. No one knows me. Who can I count on? I feel like that's what he says when he talks about the mountain and the summit. And he says, you're here at the base, and up at the top is, I want to be known, I want to be appreciated, I want to be included, I want to feel like a lot of the shows I watch on television, like, like people can, they know me and I know them, and that's way up there. And you're way down here and you don't understand that it takes time. And it takes consistency. And it takes you showing up and other people showing up for that to happen. It doesn't happen because we all went out on Saturday night, right? It doesn't happen that fast. And then you throw in the mix like of life and families and jobs and everything else. And then it, it takes a substantial amount of time. I bumped into a lot of students and I was one of them that went to college. And I went to this college that was in a small town that had one yellow flashing light and cornfields and we were surrounded by it. And so we were kind of forced to get to know one another. Even if you didn't want to, you kind of had to because there was nothing to do with nowhere to go. But here's what we had going for us. We're all at the same stage of life. We're all like, we're sharing rooms at school. There's these like similar interests that overlap and your geography overlaps. And you see one another all the time and you were able to make meaningful relationships. And then when we got out of college, and you were thrust into a world of people who are at different stages of life and different ages, and now we're not sharing rooms, and we have jobs that occupy our time, suddenly relationships felt tedious and hard and like they were never going to happen. And so then you kind of throw your hands up and you say, well, I don't know. Let's just do the temporary fixes, I guess. And maybe, Maybe relationships just aren't my thing. Maybe everybody else has that going for them, but it's not mine. And I don't get to have that or enjoy that or be a part of that. The other thing I wanted to mention was good intentions with zero intentionality. I think we have lots of environments in our lives and lots of circles. And like I said, they never go deep. They kind of just stay at this surface level. Maybe we're all afraid to ask real good questions. Maybe we're afraid that like, it'll start a conversation that will actually risk something. I don't know about you, but I, I was in the uh, chairlift the other day. I was in the gondola, actually, with Lincoln. We were riding up. And I got in, and it was a busy day. There were at least eight of us in there, and we're all packed in tight. And the door closes, and we start going up. Just silence, man. Like it was unbelievable to me. And so finally, about three and a half minutes in, I like 
ask the guy across from me, I'm like, so, are you visiting? <laughs> you know? And then he said, yeah, actually, I'm here with my daughter. She's the one sitting next to you. And I'm like, hey, I'm Phil. Hey. And we start talking, and then these guys chime in. And suddenly, like, we're eight people. We're having a good conversation. We're actually talking about some things. Sometimes it's really hard to start it. And I find out more often than not, like, when you do schedule in a relationship and you have that consistency, when you put the time in and you say, okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna get together with you once a month and it's going to be a priority to me, okay? So let's make this happen once a month. You meet that one time and this first conversation might not go that deep, that's okay, right? You meet again, maybe you just do some more catching up and some more talking. But then you meet again. And by now, maybe you don't have to catch up as much. And you can start asking other questions. Because it's that continual kind of just like talk, you know. I mean, right now we're all talking about the weather, right? And that reveals nothing about you, nothing about me. Just how wrong they were that it snowed so much so fast. <laughs> like, you have to like actually have questions and, and topics, and I believe that you have to sit in person, and you have to be able to look into eyes, and you have to be able to see like all of the communication that we have, I mean, science tells us, it's like 70% of communication is you in front of someone else, not your words. So the stuff that happens on Facebook, I don't even know if we can classify it as communication. I, it doesn't have like 70% of what it needs to have. It falls flat. And so this whole idea of we really have good intentions, but sometimes you have to go past those and you have to be more intentional and you have to actually ask the questions that are hard and you have to say the things that you need to say and you have to listen to the things that maybe you don't want to hear too. It's okay. But I believe those are the things that can push us into meaningful, meaningful relationships. I'm the kind of person that genuinely believes something is inside of you that helps me. That like there is something in each of us that actually is beneficial for one another. And we have to have those relationships for that to come out. I don't know if any of you guys saw the movie Collateral Beauty. Anybody? Oh, we're the only two. Okay. Is it because you read reviews or is it because you didn't want to see it? Okay. So the reviews said it sucked. I would encourage all of you to see it, even though the reviews said it sucked. Some of my favorite movies, those, were, those critics, they slam it all the time. And I'm like, oh, that's my movie. Come on. M. Night. M. Night is my man. I will take that to the grave. I love the man. And they don't like any of his movies, really. The new one's coming out. What's that one called? Oh, Split. Split. It's called Split. Have you seen that one? Ooh, scary, but awesome. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to Collateral Beauty. Collateral Beauty. They were like, oh, all these top best actors. And they were like, oh, it's so lame. All right. Without spoiling anything, because I believe you're going to go see it. <laughs> Carrie laughs. She's like, does he even know? It is gone, but it'll be out on DVD. Or you can stream it, download it, instant gratification, like he was talking about. 
That show is about a man who cuts himself off from human interaction. And he has people around him that honestly aren't 100% looking out for his best, but they try to get him back into interaction. And when he does, something heals inside of him. And they don't even realize that something heals inside of them. It's a pretty cool story. I left the movie thinking everybody should have to watch this. It should be just like mandatory. <laughs> but it was a great movie and it just, it so demonstrates that we need each other. We need people. We need people. There's that story in the Bible right away in the beginning and it's all about Adam and Eve and God takes a, the rib out of Adam and makes Eve. And everybody always reads into that, and you can make all kinds of jokes and walk around and say women have one less rib, and people are like, really? And you're like, or men have one less rib, and really? No, 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 it's not true. But the whole thing for me in the beginning of that book is that like we are actually more a part of one another than we think. That we're like actually interconnected and a part of each other in ways that we can't explain. And I think when we start to miss out on those relationships and those connections, we see warning indicators quickly, quickly. When we don't feel like we have those connections, when those connections don't exist, I don't think it moves us in a positive direction. I don't see it happening. Now, I believe that relationships have tremendous power to change us and heal us, but you have to enter into them first. Because like he said, there's no app for it. It doesn't happen. You can't swipe right. And it doesn't happen tomorrow because you planned a party. It just doesn't happen. I still remember two Sky alumni. They went to college and they came back and we hung out in December after their first year. Like it was just the first half of the year. And they said, Phil, how do we get to know people at school? We're going to classes. We're doing things. We party on the weekend. We have our things. But like... We're not really getting to know anyone. And they saw this as a problem. And so I was like, yes, yes. Like, I feel like this is great. I love that you're picking up on that. Here's what I would ask you to do. I would ask you to experiment with time and your environment. So I want you to do this. If you want meaningful relationships, the first thing I would ask you to do is experiment with time. And sometimes meaningful relationships happen with people that you didn't expect would be so meaningful. One of my best friends in life, I met him at freshman orientation at college, and I was like, that kid is a douchebag. <laughs> like, I was like, can't stand him. Boom. And then a year and a half later, we're like, yeah, we're like BFFs. But it was so weird. So sometimes you don't know who. But when I say experiment with time, here's what I want you to do. I want you to schedule in time for someone. I want you to make it a priority. I don't want you to cancel. And I want you to make it happen. I know, kind of elementary foundational stuff, but I'm serious. Do it and see what happens. This could be someone in your house, <laughs> right? Absolutely because I bet there's a lot of us in this room who don't feel like we're connecting with the people who we love the most under our same roof. 
I would ask you to experiment with time and create it and schedule it in and say, here's what's gonna happen. It's gonna happen one time a month for this long and we're gonna go to lunch, we're gonna go to dinner, we're gonna get appetizers, we're gonna hang out at home, we're gonna read a book together. I don't know what it looks like, but I ask you to schedule it in and make it happen. Make the time happen. The second thing I would ask you to do is to experiment with your environments. Yes, I believe meaningful conversations can be had on the gondola. Yes, I believe meaningful conversations can be had with strangers. I would ask you to maybe do what he says and look for opportunities where you can ask questions. It's like what he said, you're at the meeting, it's beforehand, you choose to engage with people instead of disengage, and so you ask the questions. Otherwise, they might never come up. I think in the end, when he said, we just need good leaders, I, I feel like he was talking to all of us. <laughs> we just all have to step up and start saying, maybe we were dealt a bad hand, but this isn't how we have to live. This isn't how we have to keep taking steps forward. So, Ask the person sitting next to you at the work meeting. Ask someone at lunch. Talk to someone and ask them how they're doing. Ask about their family. Ask about their life. Ask a question that isn't just status and surface. You know, ask something that goes just a little bit deeper and see where that can take you. Um, we're almost there. Uh, I was going to read this story, but I'm not going to read it now. But um, I wanted to share with you guys, I had, in college, I did, I did have these five guys that we decided to meet with, and we just said, hey, we're going to meet once a week, and we're just going to ask each other questions, and we're going to talk, and we're going to share our stories. And so I told you guys this was coming, so it shouldn't be as a shock, but I've put out there on that back table, I have five books, I think, and those five books, you can read a description of them on your way out tonight, and if you would at all be interested over the next like two months, just having a book that you can read and then eventually getting together with like two, three, five other people to discuss that book, put your name on one of those lists. There's no date, there's nothing yet because we're not gonna get that crazy. But like sign up and see what you think. Maybe one of those books rings true. Um, there's several good ones back there. The other sign up list is for what I call the shared story experience which I'm just wondering if any of you would be interested in it. And it would essentially be, again, a group of two, three, five, I don't know how many people. We probably wouldn't go over five and we would start another group, but it's the idea that we would meet and it would probably be once a month or whatever the group decided on, but you would get the chance to tell your story in a nutshell. 30 minutes, great. If you can only go 10, Great. <laughs> if you could go an hour, we'll listen. Like, you get to tell your story, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, and it's this opportunity where you get to tell your story and you get to risk actually being vulnerable and sharing your story. We get to listen, and then we get to ask you questions. And then we meet again, and then someone else gets to share their story. It's just an interesting thought. I did it with five guys in college. Changed our lives. And I don't know what magic was in it. We didn't drink any special Kool-Aid or anything. Like, I mean, like it just was interesting. So that's back there if you want to sign up for that. Um, we're going to make it happen before the end of the year. But I want to, what? 
I know, it's January, it's brand new, here we go. <laughs> I did want to leave you guys just with one thing, and it's not too much, but I'll read it for you. I always try and end the night with like some kind of little promise or some kind of little blessing. This one's pretty simple. It's just the reminder that we need people. We need each other. We're more a part of one another than we truly know. I would encourage you to stop and be intentional and to make room for what it is your heart needs. I believe that your heart needs meaningful relationships. Something happens in your heart when you're truly with other people, when you look into their eyes, when you sit across the table from them, when you listen, and when you share. Experiment with your time, experiment with your environments, and I pray that you might discover that living connected to other people changes you from the inside out. Amen. If you guys want to check out that video, it is on the MTL Facebook page. It's also been all over the internet. And it, what kills me is I wish I could just edit the top and the bottom. It says, what's wrong with this generation? It's like, no, 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 no. So I encourage you guys, check out those books before you leave. Grab some more dessert. Say hi to someone before you leave. Introduce yourself if you don't know them. I'll play some music so it's not the awkward silence because I get that too. But we will be back here in two weeks. Those signups will be out again, so no pressure to be the first person to write your name down. Um, they'll be back out again, and we'll be talking about something just a little different next time, but it'll hold hands really nicely with what we talked about tonight. And thanks again for coming out, even though it's so snowy. Man, let's hope it doesn't snow two feet tonight, right? All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time, all right?